2: SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that really liked BoJack Horseman when it was just an animated series. It's SIFPOP. Welcome to SIFPOP streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those (laughs) perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, Andrew?
3: Doing fantabulous. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is going to be a really interesting movie to talk about, Andrew.
3: (laughs) That's the biggest understatement (laughs) Uh, then, I cannot wait.
2: I, I'm, I'm actually really, we had originally planned to review 8th grade yeah. this weekend, but it isn't out locally for another couple of weeks, I think until the first weekend in August. Uh, so as it stands right now, I think the schedule will be, we'll do Sorry to Bother You this week, we'll do Mission Impossible next week, Yeah, and then I think I'll do a Sift Swift on 8th grade with my wife, since she went and, uh, and saw it with me. Because no, uh, you'll be out of town. Yeah, right? I've got a vacation coming up soon, so um, that'll kind of do a holdover week for that.
3: I'm going to do a little tease for the review to come. Okay. So, initially like like you said we were going to do 8th grade, but it was only showing on a Wednesday, which is the day I normally work. Yeah, there was like a
2: there was a, a big preview Q&A session with Bo Burnham screening yeah. at, at Alamo, yeah.
3: So, um I think that it actually I couldn't go cuz I had to go to work. I think it would have been easier for me to go and see 8th grade with you. Uh-huh. Get fired from my job. <laughs> And find a new job than it would be to try and review this movie.
2: <laughs> this is going to be so good. This is going to be so fun. Uh, okay, so we'll do, we'll do the usual stuff. We'll have some buried treasure later. I love our SIF quest this week. Um, as always, you guys have the greatest topics uh to talk about so looking forward to that as well we've got uh we're gonna do best ever coming of age movies because we were planning on doing eighth grade that doesn't relate really to sorry to bother you but we thought we'd just go ahead and keep that in there since we'd already kind of prepped it
3: and man there are uh, quite a few oh
2: yeah that's a huge topic so we'll we'll try to focus in on the the best ones that we can think of um and uh, we're going to review Sorry to Bother You, or at least give it a give it a good college try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but first, let's do some uh, Do We Care.
3: Every single week, I scour with the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, the biggest topic of the week. I am going to let you oh, talk yeah. all about this because I don't want to rage forever. <laughs> I saw your tweets, man. Because it literally, it's like, what, what, are the, what are the kids calling it now nowadays? It's uh, the uh, my trigger or something yeah, like that. Triggered. Yeah, you're triggered. Yeah, I got pretty triggered, I guess. So Disney has fired James Gunn over a 10-year-old tweet.
2: I knew we were going to talk about this, and honestly, I, I have a lot of things to say, and at the same time, I'm leery to say anything. Because that's why
3: I'm going to let you talk, because <laughs> you, you you, already if, is, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know how I feel about this.
2: Um, this is I think you can I think you can guess uh, how Andrew feels about this without following him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I let me start here. Um, I think it's very sad that James Gunn will not be directing Guardians 3. Yeah, that uh, just the, the essence of everything else, whatever happened, that bums me out. Um, he's done such a great job with those. Uh, I do follow him on Twitter. I've always, from the time I followed him, known him to be a positive person, uh, you know, saying good things. Um, the other thing I guess I will say, and then go from here, is I really believe this is a, a classic case of both things can be right. Okay, And what I mean by that is, it can both be right that 10 years ago, he was saying things on Twitter that are completely inappropriate, completely heinous, completely awful, and very disturbing. I don't know if you read any of the, the tweets that he did. They are awful. I, and I don't. you can call anything you want a joke, but when you're saying some of the things that he said, that's awful stuff. I believe that can be true. I also believe it can be true that he's changed, that he wouldn't do that now, and that forgiveness is more powerful than um, kowtowing to uh, a loud group of people, if that makes sense. I think both things can be true. It can be true that Disney shouldn't have fired him, and also that he should have never tweeted those things. Okay. That's where that's where I stand. It's a, For me, it's a classic case of both things can be true.
3: All I will say is... No. <laughs> no. Well,
2: I mean, at first, my first thought was, you know, I can't... I can't believe this. He was just joking around. Then I went I went and read the tweets, and that's uh, I mean, you can call it joking around if you want. It's nasty.
3: Shock it's, value humor. That's all I'll yeah, say. That, and that doesn't even and cover it's it. It's really though. bad to try and catch a flexion in a tweet.
2: Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree with you there. Totally agree with you. There. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's not our job to. to um, yes, it is. We're the
3: consumers.
2: No, no, no. You don't know where I was going. I was going to say it's it's not our job to litigate, you know, uh, what is and isn't what somebody does or doesn't mean by something. Like somebody's heart is only their heart. What all we can see is are the words, right? Yeah. Um, We deal with that. We put a lot of public words out there, right? So your... Interpretation of what we say, your interpretation of what we mean. Um, a lot of times, we're just kind of at at your disposal. You know what I mean? Like it's we can't control necessarily how people interpret stuff, which is again why it's so important to be so careful about what you put out there. Um, and I, I have a conversation with my boys all the time because they talk about you know shock humor and you know oh just joking and that kind of stuff. And I say that's fine. You can you can you can understand that your heart isn't meaning those things, but you have to deal with the ramifications of how other people interpret what you're saying, and that's why sometimes it's important just not to to shock.
3: Oh, okay, here's another thing. Disney should have known what they were getting into well, with I, I James think
2: Gunn. I think it's beyond that. I think they did know. I don't even think that's even debatable. I think there's no way they didn't know.
3: If you've seen any of his other movies... Besie- well, and besides- he's
2: talked about it before.
3: Yeah, like movie 43 is... Filthy. Yeah, it's awful. It's a filthy, filth. It's also a bad movie, but it's <laughs> well, a true. filthy movie. Right. And like he did a movie called PG Porn, and like you hired this guy, knowing that he had a raunchy, shock value sense of humor, mm-hmm. and I don't even. And then I was about to get into Disney hypocrisy, but I'm not going to go there. So I'm done.
2: Well, and and that is the thing. I think we come to. As human beings, at the end of a lot of these conversations, and by the way, the only reason I'm willing to even talk about this stuff publicly is because it's kind of what we do, right? Um, it, there's a lot of danger, I think, in again. I, I've said this many times in all the different areas that I communicate in. If you're not approaching what I say publicly with an amount of "quote unquote" grace of you know understanding, sometimes I don't actually say what I mean, or sometimes I'll you know make a mistake, or Sometimes I'll be insensitive and not know it. All those kind of things. If we're not approaching each other with a little bit of an amount of grace, uh, then then it's going to be rough, and then people can't do what we do. Once that grace goes away, you just can't speak publicly anymore. You know. So that's that's my call is always for the ability to have conversations, the ability to make mistakes, the ability to forgive people, um, and you know, I and and. I just don't know that there's any way to approach this without falling into judgmentalism on the company, judgmentalism on the person, all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know that I could put myself in either position and go, well, you know, I'm so much better at your job than you are. Yeah, It's just hard for me.
3: Also, Disney, not a smart move to fire a Marvel guy during Comic-Con. <laughs> well, he was he was scheduled to
2: speak that night, I think. Yeah. He was scheduled, scheduled to go up.
3: But at the same time, if it, were,
2: if it were something you were passionate about, like let's say you did look back at those tweets and you were like, or let's say they happened this week. Let's say it's like a Roseanne situation, right? Yeah. Which is a completely different situation. I'm not saying they are the same. I'm saying let's say they were the same. Let's yeah. say James Cunn this week got on Twitter and said something racist. Right. Yeah. We would be applauding them for doing it during Comic-Con. We'd be saying way to pull the trigger, you know, immediately and not try to benefit anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think from their perspective, if they were going to make that decision right or wrong, I think I lean wrong. I know you lean wrong. Um, If they are going to make that decision the way they make it, I think this makes sense. You know, just immediately do it. and. And be done with it. So
3: the way I look at it is, just ten years ago, things were allowed to be funny. So things aren't allowed. I don't to be think funny. those
2: things were allowed to be funny ten years ago. I completely disagree with you on that.
3: I, 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 I I'm, not, I'm not. That was not really a statement on the tweets. Is more a statement on the we are definitely state. moving.
2: We are definitely moving to a, a more humorless environment, and that's yeah, what I'm talking about. That's with what the I'm grace. trying to. do. We're, we're moving towards a less grace environment. Yeah.
3: Not trying to defend pedophilia sure. or right. rape or anything like that. Right. No, totally. I get it. I if totally you listen if you listen to a Jim Jeffrey stand up, which by the way he has a new stand up out on mm-hmm. Netflix, yeah. it's you know, it's all about affliction, and you can talk about horrible, horrible things and they can yeah. be funny.
2: Uh, Louis CK, uh, who has dealt with more than this since then, obviously he's got his own set of issues, right? Yeah. But he did when he did Saturday Night Live the last time he did it, there oh, was, yeah. there was, and there was an uproar, right? Because we've, we have kind of come to the place as a culture and I think there's some good, there's always pros and cons, right? But we've come to a place in a culture where we're like, you know what? Some things aren't funny. They just aren't. And they can't be right now. Um, I, I think that's okay, but there are pros and cons to it uh, so so yeah and interestingly enough, we're going to talk about sorry to bother you. Yeah. there's plenty of stuff in this movie that you could go yeah how, to, how how what is this movie doing? Is it okay? does it offend me? you know that kind of stuff. so I am the smartest thing I think for all of us to do is live in the, the grace and freedom to give people a chance to mess up and get better. Yeah. Um, that's that's where I land. At the end of the day.
3: Yep. All right. Number two, finally. We got through that. <laughs> yeah. We made it through. Uh, here's Can, a, please still love us. Here's another trigger topic for us. So, Scarlett Johansson.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. Was We're just st- going with all the deep stuff today. Yeah.
3: Scarlett Johansson was going to star as a in a transgender role in yeah, the film is- Rub and Tug uh, then there was this huge uproar about her, right. you know, not, you know, and letting... she had a
2: poor response to it too. Yeah, she did. <laughs> which is direct your comments to the agents of Jeffrey Tambor and yeah. other guys that have played transgender.
3: Yeah. Uh, persons. Who who is the other one? Um, uh, yeah, anyway. So she said, yeah, those dumb things. And then she, after a couple weeks walked away from the project. Yeah. But apparently her production company was also tied to it. And her walking away might mean the film doesn't actually happen now. Wow. Yeah.
2: <sighs> you know, I was thinking, and I never brought it up during the skyscraper review, but I was thinking representation is is very important, right? We agree on that, correct? Representation is important. It's so important to see yourself represented, whether that be race uh, or anything. And I don't, I haven't heard a lot of backlash about The Rock playing a paraplegic, right? Or maybe not paraplegic, but an amputee. Yeah. An amputee, right? But couldn't there be some people who say... And I think, actually, I did see somebody say this um, on on Twitter. You know, why shouldn't that role have gone to an actual amputee? And I I think of that, and I look at that, and I go, man, I don't know how to figure this out. I I don't know how... Like, acting is acting, right? You're always somebody different than you are. um, And... It wasn't that long ago when Jeffrey Tambor being on um what Transparent yeah. that wasn't or Jer- a big deal for
3: Jared Leto and Dallas Byers Club Dallas
2: Byers. that yeah that was one of the other ones that was the other one she mentioned I think oh yeah um it you know that was just a couple years ago there was no uproar about that not at all right that's why at least, I, uh, this it's hard
3: this why this whole movement of why can't you why can't you why can't you just mm-hmm. drives me up the wall it is my trigger right now just this complaining about everything
2: <sighs> yeah
3: I I, I can't but, do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I won't regret but it'll get me in trouble
2: <laughs> well and that's and, and again we need your grace in talking yeah. about this stuff but I, I I will say that I get it I understand the the need for representation yeah I, I totally get that and there's a reason there's a reason that that the racial Crossover should not happen anymore. Um and even moving into like there there will never be, unless culture goes backwards, a time where a white man plays a black person.
3: You know what I mean? Let's say that's a Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> unless it's pure satire
2: when that's the whole point of the role. Yeah. Right. Um the whitewashing thing is becoming so the racial part of it we're starting to understand more and more, right?
3: Yeah. Like there's going back to Scarlett Johansson in uh, Ghost in the Shell.
2: Correct. So I get it, and there is there is an opportunity to say let's put trans people in these roles, um, but you know I I don't know I I don't know how to make that work, you know, like I don't know how I, I mean who oh, this is so hard because my brain says who is the amazing act the amazing trans actor you know what I mean who. Who is an incredible who actor that's also trans?
3: The in- and, individual in uh, Orange Is the New Black. Uh,
2: I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I can't remember
3: her name. So, so
2: it's it's a two way. It's a double edged blade, right? Because there are so few that it becomes difficult. But that's also the reason there should be more. You know what I mean? Like that's also the reason representation matters, so that we can find. Those people ability, you know, with the ability to, to, uh, to act and to play those roles. But I firmly believe you can still identify with somebody as an actor, even if you've never been there. Otherwise, acting is is it doesn't work.
3: I'm a, I don't want to get to the point like you're doing a movie about firefighters and then like, right? Why, why didn't you hire real firefighters to like, you know, be the know. Role, like. There's, there's going to be a line. I'm not trying to compare transgenders to, like, every day. It's obviously deeper, right? There's obviously yeah, a deeper meaning just... there
2: and a deeper pain that goes along with that. So,
3: yeah. I, I, let's talk about something light and happy now. <laughs> you, hey, you're the one bringing up the topics. I I can't be in control of what <laughs> no, I know. the world I know. wants us to talk about. I know, and,
2: and I, <laughs> I hope—I uh, would love to hear some feedback on this, by the way. Tweet yeah. at me whatever— Uh, If you don't want us to go into these places... um, Laverne Cox, or Levine... I can't
3: read. Is it Levine Cox or Laverne Cox? Um, Very bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Orange is the New Black. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, Number three, Harrison Ford is going to star in Jack London's Call of the Wild. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it will be directed by Chris Sanders, the guy who did Lilo and Stitch, How to Train Your Dragon. It's going to be his first live-action movie. Uh, I think the last time that... They did Call the Wild was the Charlton Heston one way, mm-hmm. way back in the day. So it'd be really cool to bring it back. Also, having Harrison Ford in there, I'm on board.
2: Yeah, I would love for Harrison to, to keep making movies as as long as he can. I, I yeah. know he's getting up there, but he's such a fun presence on screen. So mm-hmm. not, I think that's a good role for him. I do, too. I think that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah absolutely that's gonna wrap it up for do we care thank goodness (laughs) now let's move on to an even more difficult topic right yeah
2: exactly uh starting now let's review sorry to bother you
0: hey cash how much longer I gotta wait for my money god made this land for all of us greedy people like you wanna hog it to yourself and your family me and my family yeah cash is I'm your f***ing uncle I just really need a job. Audio, two. This is telemarketing.
2: Stick to the script. In an alternate reality of present-day Oakland, California telemarketer Cassius Green finds himself in a macabre universe after he discovers a magical key that leads to material glory. As Green's career begins to take off, his friends and co-workers organize a protest against corporate oppression. Cassius soon falls under the spell of Steve Lyft a cocaine-snorting CEO who offers him a salary beyond his wildest dreams. And that is not the only thing beyond the wildest dreams in this movie. To call it strange, to call it weird, um, would probably be an understatement. But again, we're dealing with metaphor here in a lot of ways. So I'm very interested to know, Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
3: I think I liked it. I don't know. (laughs) This is one of the heaviest movies I've ever seen like not even joking like it's exhausting yeah this movie yeah well, because- it's very like you said it's pure metaphorical this entire movie yeah but there's so many metaphors for so many different things it's hard to keep track of everything mm-hmm. it's yeah, but did you like it? What do you think? I was,
2: you just gave my whole review, basically. Okay. But, um, but I'm gonna go with it was just okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like I,
3: said, to, I think I liked it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have to come down the middle on this. I I don't think I liked it, but I don't think I disliked it. Yeah. Uh, I there's like you said there's a a lot of the metaphor stuff here is really smart and is really worth thinking about. Yeah. When this movie is working. Boy, is it working! Um, there, there are some moments and some choices that are so brilliant about what you know uh, about corporate power and about cultural assimilation, yeah. and I, it's just oh, when when it's working, it is it is really smart, and that's that's the thing that I I think I like most about it was yeah those scenes, and maybe we'll do some spoilers here in our spoiler cast where we can talk about specific. <laughs> metaphorical scenes yeah because there are many and and some of them i just i just loved yeah so
3: also um from a filmmaking standpoint this movie is beautiful like the way uh you know it it's so alternate i was gonna say this is a different oakland than the oakland that i visited a long time ago right but um you know like there's a scene particularly where uh a room is literally changing, you know. And the way mm-hmm. the movie's shot, the way it's you know artistically done, is so unique and so mm-hmm. beautiful. There's never been a movie like this before. Yeah, ever. And
2: I think of Brazil, uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Gilliam does some interesting stuff like this that is, you know, surreal yeah. and metaphorical. And and there's some surreal filmmakers out there that that are similar. Uh, as far as specifically no of course there's never been a movie specifically like this one but uh but yeah some similar ideas
3: yeah it's and the acting is great i got to say that right now oh Licky
2: sandfield is so good
3: yeah like whew, yeah that, that guy's got some awards coming his way in his future
2: Oh, yeah i i, I really loved what you know his performance in this movie mm-hmm. what do you think about the other performances
3: uh Man, I'm trying to remember her name now. Uh, She was Valkyrie and Thor. Yeah, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Thank you. Uh, Wow, she was awesome. And uh, (laughs) Army Hammer? I was about to say Army Hammer's role in this movie is so different than anything I've ever seen him Mm -hmm. in before, but it proves that guy has some acting chops on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think we knew that, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, like. It's just every single time I see him, he's got that social network kind of air to him, you know, mm. like the well kept, you know, dressed up. This is different, and I really liked it. I mean, going beyond like what his character is doing, but mm-hmm. I liked how versatile he's proving himself to be.
2: Uh, Stephen Yeun from uh, Glenn. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I he- just can't. I can't see him in anything but Glenn. You know, right now.
2: I think for for me his his performance was almost the most naturalized performance in the movie. It's the like, most m-
3: grounded in reality. Yeah,
2: it felt like more of a a real thing with him, yeah. um Danny Glover.
3: Danny, there are a lot of big names in this movie. Terry Cruz Terry is yeah. in this movie? Yeah. Like when you look back and even, you know, without giving too much away, you have Pat Oswald and uh uh David Cross, you mm-hmm. know, so Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a star-filled film. I almost
2: feel like we, we, you know, there there is a lot because it's so strange and because of the choices this movie makes. We, it's really difficult for us to go beyond the surface level without spoiling some stuff. Yeah, so so we will definitely have some spoiler conversation uh, if you've seen the movie. That'll show up in your podcast feed after this uh, episode. But what else can we say about it? Pros or cons? That doesn't really spoil anything. That's kind of there on the surface.
3: Cons, I will say this. Yes, we've said this movie is very metaphorical, but I think that as the movie progresses, it shows a metaphor for this, then a metaphor for that, then a metaphor for this, instead of focusing down on one specific thing. Yep. Is that do you agree? Yeah. I the key
2: word that I come away from this and the reason that I can't, like I can't like it. It's undisciplined. Yes. Like, it is a movie that wants to say so many things, but because it tries to say them all, doesn't end up saying a lot.
3: That's exactly it.
2: Um, And I just came away from it going, I I don't know what you wanted me to hear, you know?
3: There has to be a focal point of, in a metaphorical yeah. film like this, like you have to focus on one specific thing, because whenever you're doing a metaphor, you're asking a lot of the audience to yes. follow you. Right. So whenever you have 15 different metaphors in this movie. And your
2: brain's trying to keep up and decide, what does this mean? What does this relate to? What is this supposed to be?
3: I know. And, you know, you you get glimpses like, OK, I think this is about this. So maybe they'll focus. Nope. We're on to the next thing. Yeah. now, And it's exhausting. Yeah. It's ex- I could never see this movie again it's just i would be too tired yeah. you know not saying it wasn't like the movie's funny i i don't think we mentioned that it's a really funny movie mm-hmm. i had a lot of you know fun laughing but to go back and watch it just seems so daunting it does it's
2: exhausting and and i do think the extreme what the nature of this movie <laughs> is i know it's purposeful yeah but i don't think it benefits the film overall i no. i think i i think if you can reel that in a little bit, or again focus it so that we know what it what it is or what it means. This movie goes so far into s- surreality in the third act that it's that it's hard not to think it's just silly sometimes. You know,
3: if that third act hadn't happened, I think I would have liked the movie a I agree. lot more.
2: I totally agree. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you
3: because it, like you said, it just. There they were walking a line this entire movie, and it felt like the movie was you know trying to walk that line. But as soon as that third act, just like now is here, where we're just going to jump off the deep end, right? And like you, there was no build up to it. It just hit you, and you're like, why Why couldn't you help? If you were going to make that type of movie, start you know from the beginning or at least yes. do a better transition.
2: Yes. Ease Be- us into it in yeah. some way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It sounds like we have very similar experiences yeah. with the film. You came away maybe liking it a little bit more than it, uh, so, I did so, for those first like two I said, acts. I
3: think I liked it because like, yeah. there was so much going on. Yeah. It's just, I I don't know. I am, I've never been so confused about a movie in my entire life.
2: <laughs> confused about what you feel or confused by what the movie How, is saying?
3: No, I, both yeah but but more how i feel about it i Mm -hmm. think it's more about how i feel about it because like it's so jarring but i did like a lot of things within the movie yeah right i I think uh, that's it it's confusing like my emotions are everywhere
2: yes because there are there are pieces of this movie you go oh i really liked that or even i loved that
3: yeah i can think of
2: two or three scenes where i'm like that is brilliant i love what you're doing here yeah um, but because the movie is so unfocused and I believe undisciplined to to really have a cohesive metaphor and a cohesive story, I just come away from it going I, I come away from it feeling disjointed instead of inspired or uh, educated mm-hmm. or or those kind of things. So yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much my experience, and I don't honestly know what else I can say without without spoiling stuff. Yeah, so.
3: it's. It's something.
2: It is a very, 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 very cautious recommend for me.
3: I couldn't recommend it. Yeah, it's. I honestly, I can't recommend this movie for the simple fact that I honestly don't know the target audience for this movie. Yeah, like who am I supposed to recommend this movie to?
2: Um, people like weird stuff, you know.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, somebody, somebody... hipsters, hipsters, <laughs> hipsters of the world. If you like a movie that's going to confuse you this is your movie yeah
2: yeah something like that did you have anything else you wanted to say i know it's a fairly short review for us i guess but you know there's it's gonna not be a lot...
3: such a spoiler heavy uh, spoiler cast or yeah. whatever but it's just oh uh, yeah i i'm at a loss for words right now because of what i saw
2: and we talked we talked about the performances being great we talked yeah. about um some of the brilliance of the metaphor boots riley by the way is the uh, the guy who did this, uh, and, and Jordan
3: I, Peele produced it, right? Did he? I, I didn't so. realize that, I, but I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it.
2: Um, so I, I definitely think there's talent there. I just, I just think it needs to be, excuse the pun, reined in uh, a little bit. So I guess that's uh. as, <laughs> as good a place as any to move on. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's head on to the best ever challenge. Originally, we were going to talk about eighth grade. So we've got uh, coming of age movies. Best ever coming of age movies. Uh, why don't you kick us off, Andrew?
3: Number three, I'm gonna go. Well, my laptop just died on me. Sorry. Okay. So number three, it was so hard for me to rank all of these. So well, there's
2: so many, and honestly, you could even stretch others that you love kind of into this category. I yeah. actually did that. Two of my top three. I don't know that people would necessarily talk about as coming of age movies. So yeah. we'll see.
3: Number three, I have Superbad. Okay.
2: That definitely fits the category.
3: Yeah. It's uh raunchy, but the underlying message of this movie is trying to find your place like you've been this specific person in high school and we were all, I think a lot of people who listen to these type of podcasts and you were all that one type of person who just wanted to be popular even for a day, you yeah. know, and you're willing to do it cuz it's your last day. <laughs> and like the links that, you know, Michael Sarah, and Jonah Hill go to in this. And then you have the whole McLovin side uh, story with Bill Hader and mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, which is so that trio right there. They need to do more stuff together because the two cops and McLovin together is like so hilarious. I love it.
2: Do you ever think you get Bill Hader in these kind of movies anymore? Now that he's doing more drama and kind of has a little more clout.
3: I really do. His heart's in comedy. Yeah, it really so. is. Oh yeah, even Barry I think is kind of funny.
2: Oh for sure. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Barry's not funny.
3: Yeah, but I know he did like the Skeleton Twins and stuff like that, yeah. which really aren't. But no, he, the guy wrote on South Park for how many seasons? No, I know so totally. I think I think I just
2: wonder if we'll see him in an all out raunch com again or. I think anything. we will. Yeah, you think so? I think so.
3: Yeah. What do you got at number three?
2: My number three is Dead Poet Society.
3: Yep, that's on there. So,
2: um, I this. It just, I mean, what what is there to say about Dead Poets that we haven't already said in other conversations about this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Robin Williams is incredible. Uh, so many quotable, inspirational things going on here. So many powerful moments. Robert Sean Leonard is astonishing.
3: Ethan Hawke.
2: Ethan Hawke is great.
3: I really wish that we'd see Robert Sean Leonard in more stuff. Like, yeah, he was Wilson in House, you know. He was great. But- he was House. great, and that's why I'm like, man, he really can act. We should give that guy more roles.
2: Yeah, no, he's. Good. I love him in um, Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that yeah, one. Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I actually have another one. I just spoil one of my honorable mentions. Uh, I have uh, Swing Kids as a coming of age film, and he's in that as well. He's incredible in that. Yeah. Uh. So. So yeah, I love me some, some RSL.
3: Yeah, and but then you also and did post Society, You have Robin Williams just. You know, doing his thing, man. And yeah. speaking of, my number two is Goodwill Hunting. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know they're uh, older than, you know. They the, are. The,
2: it's a late coming-of-age movie.
3: But, you know, it really is, you know, about a person who's sure. trying to find themselves. Exactly. And sometimes that happens later in life. Yep. And the, the, the chemistry between Robin Williams and Matt Damon is just out of this world. Yeah, and then you throw in like it's Stellan Skarsgård, right? Who is I the so. Uh, yeah? So I've always loved that guy. But as a janitor myself, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> I, I can't do math like Matt Damon can. Yeah, yeah. I don't find myself writing. Mathematical equations on chalkboards.
2: Do you find yourself uh, saying, "How about them apples?" Throwing stuff up against <laughs> that's windows. A,
3: that's, it's very Bostonian this movie. <laughs> right? But whenever you have a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon mo- movie, it's going to be Bostonian. It's yeah, going to have that, that Massachusetts. Guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, nice. Your number two. My number two is the Iron Giant. Oh man, I didn't even think about. It's that a little one. bit of a stretch. I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but it really is kind of it coming is, no, of age movie for him. You know, for both of them. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that too.
3: So I can't believe I didn't think of that I th- one. That's I a think, good call, man. No, I
2: think that does fit the category. It really and, does. And it's it's such a great film. I I am loving how much attention it's getting recently. People are really starting to find it. It's becoming more and more popular. Really? Big part of Ready Player One, you know. So. Yeah. There's, there's just a, I think a lot of love for this character. Now that could backfire on me when they announce the, like the Iron Giant expanded universe, and I'm just like, no, just leave my.
3: Wait, s- did so- they do? That? No, no, no. I'm oh, just hypothetical. Okay.
2: Hypothetically, it could backfire on me eventually. But um... I was like, what? Why
3: wasn't that in our, uh, <laughs> our, uh, what, what was that? Uh, do, do we, we care? care? Yeah. yeah, I was like, why wasn't that in the Do We Care?
2: Um, so I, you know, but man, it's just it's it's cool to see it getting so much attention. I love that movie.
3: Yeah. Uh, my number one. Go for it, man. Is it cliche to say "Stand by Me"? No. Yeah, it's "Stand by Me."
2: Yeah, that would that would have been my number four, Mm. and just barely missed my top three.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know me, Stephen King. Gotta love that guy. And uh, I'm gonna throw out one of my buried treasures. I think it is also a coming of age movie. Oh, for sure. Yes, even though it's you know it's Pretty much a horror film, but it's still.
2: But the reason it works, the reason it works, yeah. is because it is metaphorically a coming of age movie. What yeah. these kids go through in that movie is very clearly symbolic of adolescence and coming up through adolescence.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and I, I I think that's intentional, and I think that's amazing, and honestly, is what uh, for me the only reason that it the the movie the more recent movie yeah. even really worked for me because I'm not a horror guy. Yeah. Um, so I was funny because I, I saw, um, you know, they're working on the sequel now, chapter right? Chapter two, yeah. And, uh,
3: Stellar cast for chapter oh, two, by the way. Incredible cast. Speaking of Bill Hader.
2: <laughs> um, and I saw the, I don't know if it was the director or somebody said, you know, this movie is ups the scares 10, you know, 10 times or something like that. And I was like, you know, you're making me want to watch it less. Because the scares isn't why I enjoyed the first one. Um,
3: do you think that's more of a PR quote than anything? Oh, for sure.
2: And honestly, for a lot of people, that is a good thing. You know, like I'm not saying I'm nor, you know, I'm the normal one. Uh, but for me, as long as you keep. That metaphorical coming of age stuff in there, mm-hmm. you know, I want these adults to be, you know, ripped back into their adolescence, into understanding, you know, what you know, what adulting looks like, and the metaphor of that. I've never read the material. So I was going I to say
3: know. that's exactly what happens in the book.
2: Yeah, so like
3: they grow up, and you know, they each become their own person, but then whenever you know things start happening, they immediately turn back into the kids that they were because that's such a beautiful metaphor for truth we all yeah.
2: feel like our younger selves at times like you know sometimes i'll i'll sit and i'm you know i'm a 40 something year old man right yeah and i'll be like no nah, i'm in high school you know what i mean like we we know we're just kids that yeah. have just had a few extra years to figure things out
3: it's like whenever like because i still live relatively close to the town i grew up in yeah and uh if i see somebody who i went to school with I kind of turned back into the kid who reacted that way around the that person that I'm seeing again. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah they were yeah, the yeah. ones that picked on me. So, right. even if I'm bigger than them now, you right. know, I'm like, uh, nope.
2: That stuff sticks, man. It does. So that's why the, the, I think the movie works, and I, I totally. And that's think why
3: it's... Stand By Me is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, going back to Stand By Me, just every single person in that movie just nails it, and yeah. awesome soundtrack, and like I said, Stephen King. It is for me the epitome of a coming of age tale.
2: I think it is. I think it's like the classic example yeah of what a coming of age movie is. My number one is not uh it is a bit of a stretch. Okay. But I think if it's I'm going with Inside Out as my number one coming of age movie uh for little Riley as she's trying to figure out what her emotions are and what it means to move to a new place, and
3: I, I understand. Maybe it's just I didn't think about it because the movie isn't focused on Riley. It's more focused on the emotions and the characterization of those emotions, even though those emotions
2: are, are Riley's. Her, yeah. yeah, and yet the the most emotional moments of the film are Riley's. You know, you the, think so? Oh, for sure. Okay. That that a moment, the moment where she runs away, uh, and you know, comes back, and I forget what the exact line is, but she says. Um, uh, I can't remember what the exact line is, but it's absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, so I think she does have the most, some of the most emotional moments of the movie, and it really is about her. You know, even though it's about her, what's going on in her head, yeah, which in some ways makes it even more of a coming of age film because it's talking about what's going on in her head, how that is changing, and you're right, and those kind of things. So. I'm,
3: I'm going to break your heart. I didn't. I liked uh, Inside Out. I didn't yeah. love Inside Out. Yeah, and I know a lot of people like it's their favorite Pixar movie.
2: Yeah, but- right now, anger is at the helm. He's yeah. so mad at you right now.
3: I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that Lewis Black man, that he's he's a grumpy man. <laughs> he's a
2: very grumpy man.
3: Uh honorable mentions. Yeah, let's do it. Uh Juno. Of course. The Goonies. Yep. Mean Girls. Yep. And one that was so close to making my top three. I'm gonna go with Sing Street. Oh, I didn't think about Sing Street, really. Hall. Yeah Yeah. Totally. It was so
2: close no, to you're making right. my top that's, three. That's such a great choice. Um I also have listed Lady Bird. From last year. Still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. You should I know. get on that man. It's so good. I
3: have it. I just
2: haven't watched sh- it yet. Yeah, you should you should do that. Um Breakfast Club, uh Say Anything, uh Hoosiers, interestingly enough.
3: Gene Hackman.
2: And uh Clueless, I think is another one worth mentioning.
3: I still haven't seen Clueless either.
2: Uh, mentioned in the chat and one that my boys have actually been watching a lot recently Scott Scott! is Pilgr- Scott Pilgrim versus oh, the World. Yeah. You know
3: what? That is now officially my number one. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It is my number one. I I didn't even think of it as a coming of age. I've always thought of it as, you know, this crazy Edgar Wright, Arcadian oh, comic book movie. Oh, it's definitely a coming of age movie. Yeah. It's, a coming of, it's my number one now. It okay, is my there number you go. one. Fair is, enough. Yeah, there nice, we go.
2: Nicely done. Thank, so thank you, Thank you,
3: Andrew Dicer. Yep. You, you have, you know, pushed all movies down now.
2: <laughs> That's right. It's all your fault. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, thank you for, for playing along with us. Let us know if there's any we missed. Yeah. Any coming-of-age films that you super-duper love. There's so many of them. I'm sure there's a ton we missed. So uh, feel free to tweet us up or send us an email and let us know. Before we head on to the rest of the show, I uh, want to remind you that this is a fan-funded podcast network that Sifpop Pop is on. So if you want bonus episodes for every episode that comes out, uh, you can support. starts at 3 bucks a month. Thank you for doing that. Uh, we have an incredible group of supporters who keep the podcast network going. Uh, every podcast on the network is on there with bonus episodes, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so you can check out all the perks and get signed up at patreon.com slash studio DNA is the name of the podcast network. Patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thanks for throwing a couple bucks uh, our way every month. We appreciate it.
3: Yes, we do. Thank you so much.
2: All right, let's head on to the SIFT quest. Uh, This comes via email from John, who says, What are some older movies you didn't like when they first came out but have grown to like more over time? Uh, John gives the example of 2005's Fantastic Four, which would not be an example of that for me. That definitely hasn't grown on me at all. Um, But he says uh, he still doesn't think it's very good, uh, but it it looks like uh, Citizen Kane when compared to Fan Fourstick, so
3: I don't think, and I'm not trying to you know you know go against what John. By the way, thank you for the question. Oh yeah, uh, I just I don't think seeing a bad movie makes another movie better.
2: Not necessarily, yeah. not necessarily. Um, I think he. By the way, he also mentions a factual error we had. Uh, I think I mentioned Black Mirror was on the BBC. Uh, that is my own cultural, uh, I always think everything in England is on the BBC, <laughs> but uh, there are other channels. It's actually a Channel 4 show that, that Black Mirror uh, started on. It's a Netflix show now, but yeah. started on Channel 4, so uh, thank you for uh, for hooking us up with that information. I do yes. appreciate that. What do you so, got? Uh, I'll start with The Hurt Locker. Um, I did not love The Hurt Locker the first time I saw it. Second time I saw it, I was blown away by it, um, and I just think it's – there's so many of these things are mood, and I think the mood I was in the first time I saw it, I just wasn't, I just wasn't buying into the tension of it like I was the second time I saw it. So I think Hurt Locker is probably one of my primary examples.
3: Uh, mine's not a movie that I absolutely love. It's just after consecutive viewings, I, I understand why people like it now because the first time I saw this movie, I hated it, and that's Watchmen. Oh. I hated Watchmen the first yeah, time I, I saw it. Yeah, I wasn't a big Watchmen fan. It. But then after watching it, I'm like, you know what? Actually, there's some pretty interesting things going on here. I still don't love the movie. I, yeah. I, I'm just at like it now. But from where I was with the movie, it still has the worst soundtrack of any <laughs> movie ever made. I'm. It's never going to beat that. But the stuff that is going on with Rorschach in that movie is pretty interesting, you know? Okay. Uh, a guy, he's just a guy. And I love the alter ego of a homeless man becoming a superhero. Because you always see, you know, the uh, the Tony Starks or the Bruce Waynes, mm-hmm. you know. And this is just a guy who throws on uh, a mask, a Rorschach, Rorschach mask, mm-hmm. and he just fights crime because it's what he believes in. And compared to all the other fantastical people in the, that movie, like Manhattan, you know, it's, it's cool to see the variety yeah. of, like what justice means for you. It's a good
2: choice. It's a good choice. It hasn't grown on me, but I can see how that would be one that, that might do that. Um, the only other ones I thought of were Blood Diamond has grown on me on time. I wasn't a, <laughs> like, a huge fan of it. It's but always
3: been a top 10 movie for it's, it's so good. For me. It's
2: really good. and I, I, for whatever reason, didn't recognize that the first time I saw it. Uh, and Memento is another one that continues to grow on me with every time I see it. Wow. Um, so it's just so well done. And I so like artistic. how
3: besides Hurt Locker which I do love but you're always picking movies that are like in my top 50 movies. <laughs>
2: Maybe you're a part of the process, Andrew. Yeah. You're helping me <laughs> helping me figure it out. Did you have any others you you Man, uh, wanted to mention?
3: It's really weird because like I thought of so many of the opposite movies that I loved younger and then after oh, Of course, it, yeah. Uh, like The Godfather. Like I loved The Godfather when I was younger or an even better uh, example. Are is- you about to
2: say The Godfather's not a good movie?
3: I, I just, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a masterpiece. Right. I will say that. But, like, after watching, I'm like, you know what? It's not like a movie I could just plug in and watch. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. A good example for me that I think a better, better example is Scarface. I realize I don't like Scarface. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, maybe it was just, you know, the pressure of everybody to love Scarface. Say sí, like, el to my little friend. Yeah. Watching it now, I'm like, Oh, yeah. I don't like this
2: one. No, it's not a good movie. Yeah, I, I, I've i never enjoyed Scarface, but... So there you go. Well, there you go. But Thank
3: you so much, John. We appreciate it. I'm sure I could have come up with a better answer, but just after watching Sorry to Bother You, I my mind couldn't think of anything
1: else. <laughs>
2: right?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: if you've got a SIFT quest that you want to send us on, feel free to do it via email. Uh, feedback at com or tweet at us. In fact, if it's a longer question, feel free to hit my DMs. They are open. So... Uh, whatever your question might be, and we will try to get to it on the next episode of Sif Pop.
3: Did you say his name was John Hughes? No. I swear I, thought I heard you say John Hughes. I'm like, we were talking about 16 candles and say anything. <laughs> no. so
2: No. Yeah. Uh, maybe I said, thank you, John, you uh, okay. did something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, nope. Yeah. Just John. Okay. I don't even have the last name in front of me, so I wouldn't know. Um, and uh, and we look forward to hearing your your questions, and the things you Mm -hmm. want to know from us. So feel free to send that on. All right, just down to our buried treasure now. Andrew, that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about, uh, I'll let you go first.
3: Movie trailers! (laughs) Not even joking. Comic-Con's going on right now, and there have been some phenomenal trailers dropped. Aaron, you've got to check them out. I know you'll love (laughs) them. Yeah,
2: I'm sure I'll get right on that. Yeah, I will tell you before you you talk in specifics, um, I have not even been tempted to watch a movie trailer in probably three years like it just doesn't even matter like I, i'm i'm so excited about not watching movie trailers that it's not even tempting for me to watch one until this week glass glass i am tempted to watch that trailer and i'm not going to i'm going to be strong but this feeling is so weird because i haven't even wanted to watch a trailer in so long so it's that, strange that trailer <laughs> is it good? That's a good trailer. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it's really good.
3: I am. It is now my number one most anticipated movie oh, for Oh, wow. Is year. the hype
2: going to get too big for it? Like, is it going to be able to live up to the hype?
3: Well, here's the thing. Can we talk about, like, the split, you know, uh, twist? It, yeah. Okay, so. Yeah,
2: I think t- the time has come. Like, I mean, the movie's coming out, so. Seeing
3: all three of them together, it just, like, there was no other way. Shyamalan had to have known from Unbreakable. That this is what he was going to do. Because it just seems so perfect. It, it feels like it doesn't feel... What I should say is it well, does He said
2: the character of the Beast was in the original script for Unbreakable. Oh, really? Did you know that? I did not. Yeah.
3: So what I didn't uh, feel... What I felt like is there's no way these three characters could not... After watching this trailer, I'm like, it was destined from the beginning because it feels so perfect. It of course it does. Yeah, It doesn't feel like Split was thrown into the no. Unbreakable universe. I felt that way the, the moment I had that
2: and you were there with me in the theater where for you that, were when, screaming when I was out loud. screaming at the screen. Yeah.
3: No, you didn't.
2: No way. Yeah. The moment I had that feeling and looked back on the rest of the movie and realized obvious, it should have been obvious the whole time. It yeah. felt like it was in that universe, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I totally get it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that trailer... There's been some other good ones too, but oh, I'll just I'm going to shout out that Glass trailer. What it's, a tur- what a
2: turnaround for M Night, right? To go seriously. from the best to the worst and now back to the like guy everybody? who
3: did the last Airbender oh, it's is the guy who's making my number one most anticipated movie of next year. Yeah, but there's some other good ones. The ne- the next installment in the Cloverfield. Um, okay, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like unbor or over something like that. Yeah, yeah the one that takes place during world war ii sure looks really good uh godzilla king of the monsters you know me i am one of the people out there who th- really honestly believes that 2014 godzilla movie is a brilliant movie i think and, it's
2: really good I, I like it i think it's good uh, I, I like I, it about the same as i like uh Kong Skull island yeah
3: i um i wrote an essay not for anything i just wrote an essay on why godzilla it, 2014 is actually a brilliant movie nice uh but, yeah, so I'm really excited for that. You know me. I love my kaijus. So it, it just whenever Comic-Con comes around, you know, the goodness drops in your lap. So yeah, if you are not on the Zero Frames pledge, <laughs> you need to hop on these trailers, especially the Glass trailer.
2: You know what I saw? Uh, somebody tweeted that the Bumblebee trailer looks really good. And I the I have been wondering about this. I've been thinking this might be a good thing like if they can find a way to kind of reset transformers in a way that feels more authentic and feels more interesting to me i'm excited for that i'm getting back to when they announced the first transformers movie where it's like yes i would love to see big budget transformers movies and then they ruined them uh maybe they can fix them
3: yeah it's uh
2: have you seen the trailer no i just heard that it had come out
3: i uh i it's one of those like uh, Transformers, I'm not going to bother with it right now. So yeah, Since I'm not doing reviews for trailers anymore, I get to pick which ones I want to watch, <laughs> nice. which is a nice feeling. It's kind of like how you were whenever we started doing the movie reviews. I don't want to see that one, but I guess got to.
2: <laughs> yeah, so. exactly.
3: What is your buried treasure, sir?
2: My buried treasure is a movie I caught up on uh, just this week. Uh, mm. It's been out for a little bit. It's called You Were Never Really Here. Uh, oh. jo- Joaquin Phoenix
3: I thought you were going to do Unsane is the one that you were going to say
2: No, Unsane, didn't I already talk about Unsane?
3: No, you said during the pre-show That there was one that you hadn't seen That you were going to mm-hmm. talk about And I thought you were going to say Unsane
2: I thought I thought I had talked about Unsane uh, on here uh, I really liked Unsane okay. I really like You Were Never Really Here as well um, I was
3: curious about this one So you recommend it? I do, I, I it may be
2: a bit of an acquired taste The pacing is very slow Yeah Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is giving a very deliberate performance here, but the story and the progression and the emotion of it is just intense. Mm -hmm. It's so because of that, it held my attention. I can deal with slow pacing. Like you don't have to be a mile a minute movie to keep my attention. Yeah. You just have to have key and, you know, some of the key ingredients um, so I have something to think about. I have something to root for. I have something to engage in, and this movie uh, definitely had that. Joaquin Phoenix, man, he's good. I He is so
3: good. He's one of the most versatile actors we have yeah, right now. I, I believe that. From the uh, trailers for this movie that I saw, it seemed like it was a very meticulous movie. Yes. Everything is... Has a purpose. Yes. So even though it may not be fast-paced, I was like, okay. So hearing you say that, I'm like, okay, it sounds exactly like the trailers led me to believe this movie is going to be. Yeah. So I'm excited now because you're the only person that I've talked to that's actually seen it. Oh, okay. So I'm glad that uh, you would give it a recommend. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I would say that. But I guess out. I got
3: to see Lady Bird first.
2: <laughs> well, you do you, man, but you should see Lady Bird at some time cuz it's really good. All right. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Well done on your podcast completion.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry we really couldn't talk about anything from the movie because
2: <laughs> We did. We mentioned a little bit. I think we I think we mentioned the perfect amount for if you haven't seen it, you know, kind of giving you an idea of what you're in store for, and that's, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. If you have seen it, stick around. Uh, you know, next up will be the spoiler cast, so, um, you know, you can we can go into depth with all the, all the things, all, of all, the... all the stuffs and things and such. Yeah, we will talk about them, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to actually have like specific examples we can bring up of yeah. stuff when we do that. So there's a lot. We'll do it. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew for joining me again. Thanks, buddy. At Flick Freaks on Twitter. Anywhere else you
3: want to send people? Also Instagram at at Flick Freaks.
2: There you go. You can catch me on YouTube as your movie friend or just search for Aaron Dicer. Uh, do a weekly movie review there uh, that you might enjoy. Uh, also, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash studiodna. A lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment at Spreaker or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than staging a successful worker's strike. Spoiler chat for Sorry to Bother You will be next up in your podcast feed, and then we'll be back in a week to discuss... You're supposed to do the. There you go. That was that was about as good as. There could is have
3: ever heard. no <laughs> that 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 theme song will just get you pumped up. Yeah. Every single time.
2: We'll talk Mission Impossible next week, and we'll see you then.
3: Bye. I'm gonna raise this up. You raise it up It keeps sinking on me Cause it keeps sinking on you You got a good Josh Groban voice You raise it up Take it back Okay <laughs>